Oh, you know what we can talk about? And this it won't take very long at all. What? Secret Wars two. Well, I thought about that. I was like, we can go Secret Wars two and three. That's the only thing I could think of. Wait, was there was there a three? Oh, three. It's the three is the, the Hickman one. Um, I, yeah, I, uh, we could talk about three, but I, I mean, yeah, I think we could do that. I think we wrap up Secret Wars and we could we could do we could just we could do because Secret Wars two has nothing really to talk about at all. Secret two, Secret Wars two is a big pile of dog shit. It is. I'm sorry, like it, it's it's it is tedious. It it like when they when they gave him a form like that. It just lost all effective. You hated him. Every time I saw him, I hated him. Every time he was on a cover, it pissed me off. Like I was a kid, you know. I was like, "Oh God, Secret Wars two. When is this gonna be over?" <laughs> I never felt that way about one. Like I, I liked one, and I don't. I, and yeah, no, but I mean, it's iconic. But I hated it, man. I really do. And like you said, you want to be positive. I don't really have any to say about Secret Wars 2. I don't, I don't either. I don't either. But I, I, think, I think we, we could just talk about some of the stuff that came from it and just say that it was it was bad because it would it ran for like nine issues. Yeah, it wasn't even it wasn't even necessary, man. It was like when was it like Molecule Man or did, didn't how did it end? Did Molecule Man kill him? Because because I thought something wasn't didn't didn't Hawkeye kill him with like an arrow or something? Like when he was in baby form or something, or maybe that was maybe that was another character. Maybe I'm getting it confused. Right, hold on, I've kind of blocked it out. Honestly, I hated his Jerry Curl white <laughs> Michael Jackson slash Miami Vice. <laughs> I hated it, man. Oh, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, you know, I, I mean, actually, you know. Just, just primal reaction. I'm having like, I'm like, I'm getting angry thinking about it. Like, and that's sad. I'm like a man. Oh, 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 hold on, we haven't even started the episode yet, man. You got, you got all together. Uh. I'm a man in my 40s, man, about something that happened like 30 years ago. It's like I tried to block it, and then when it came out, it's like, it's like visions start flashing through my head of all the bad covers. Oh, oh no, no. Oh. oh no! I'm gonna I'm gonna go to see if it says here on Wikipedia how. Um... And you know what the greatest sin about Secret Wars Two is it wasn't even drawn as well. You know, is like they didn't get somebody like Zach. It was like was it Al Milgram or something? It, it was like it was, Milgram. it was some generic. It was Milgram. It was. Yes. And I, I I like Milgram and sometimes, but that he's no uh, Mike Zach. You sir are no Mike Zach. <laughs> You're not even a poor man's Bob Layton. Jeez, <laughs> oh, Wiz. Damn, dude, you're savage. Hey, everybody, this is Torque 182. And Wallcrawler 1. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of In the Gutters. So, uh, last time we left. Oh, I was to say that. I, I thought you were going to I, I fail. What? Our moms what? think we're funny? Huh? Our moms think we're funny? Oh, no, wait a minute. No, this is the new one. It's in the gutters. <laughs> it's in the gutters. <laughs> I was getting confused because I was hearing you and I was like, but I'm on here now. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, for, for a brief second there, I was like, wait a minute, what, what, what podcast am I doing? And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. It's, uh, it's, it's in the gutters. Is this me? Is this my life? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you want to start over again?
No, no, it's fine. I thought it was funny. We should just leave it. No, we just I'm leave hilarious, it. man. I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I cracked myself up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of uh, In the Gutters. Uh, when last we left off, we were talking about uh, about the original Marvel Secret Wars, and uh, so today we're going to try to we're going to try to keep it short. I know we've been running kind of long with these. That's a long time listening to people yak about comic books, um, but uh, we're going to try to keep this one fairly short, and we're going to try to cover Secret Wars uh, one, finish wrapping that up, and then move briefly on to Secret Wars two because there's not really a lot to say about Secret Wars two. Um, other than what Wall probably wants to say, which is that, uh, what was what it you say in your best Jay Sherman voice? It stinks. <laughs> <laughs> and then, we'll, and then we'll, we'll go a little bit about Secret Wars 3, which I mean, Secret Wars 3 I enjoy even with its delays. And it's, uh, and then it didn't have to like go out by, was it an additional issue or two issues? I don't remember. I think it was it, was it nine issues? Yeah, but I think it was originally only maybe supposed to be eight. Or, uh, but anyway. Um, it, it, see, the thing is, though, I had the benefit. It was one of those that I read after the fact. Uh, so it was all out by the time I read it. So I didn't have the delays like you. And it was good. I mean, I had no problem with it. I mean, it wasn't like the the best thing in the world, but it was um, it was drawn well. It was, I mean, it was, it was interesting. It was basically just trying to. It was solid. Basically, basically get rid of the ultimate verse, right? Like a way to. To, to get rid of the ultimate universe uh i think so um which we'll, we'll talk about more when we're talk about that more once we get through it man if i could talk properly um but uh but yeah because i mean because then they kind of bring the ultimate verse back but i i dude, i don't really know um i just know that from you know because of that i just keep cheeseburgers in my pocket that's that's all i know so um <laughs> So yeah, so going back to uh, to Secret Wars, the the first one, which I think you and I agree that it's not a great book or a great series, but it's it's pretty damn good and it's uh, it's really worth worth reading. And there's so many things um, that come from it that uh, I think really makes it a staple more than just like the you know, the symbiote suit and all that. There's a lot of stuff that comes from this, a lot of character development and arcs and uh, you know and changes to the to the Marvel universe, which is. I would say something that we don't really get. I think it's one of the main complaints about Marvel fans is that when they have these big events like this, there's nothing that uh, nothing that happens that changes anything. Everything kind of goes back to status quo afterwards. You're like, well, if, if you're just going to put everything back to the way it was, then there's no point in me reading this. If I can not read this big, huge event and continue moving on and I don't even notice there was a change, then it was kind of pointless. I think that's how a lot of fans feel. And I think Secret Wars was the first one. Uh, well, not, that was one of the first big events, but it had things that that did change, you know, like the symbiote suit, like She-Hulk joining the Fantastic Four, like, you know, the Hulk really being pushed over the edge to where, you know, he he was already starting to lose his, his, uh, his I don't want to say his humanity, but he was starting to, to lose his, uh, his, uh, I guess, conscious mind. And like so many things uh, that uh, that occurred from this that make it an integral part of the regular Marvel universe. And well, they're still doing it today. Because, back like to- the oh, sorry, the they're still doing it today. The modern equivalent is War of the Realms, which essentially it was just done so Jane Foster become Valkyrie. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like you had all these big things happen, and it's just like that was it. 
that was basically it at the end of the day. They just changed one character so she could have her own book. And I don't think anybody's buying it. So, yeah. You know, and uh, I think we talked about this in one of the other episodes, but my main problem with Jane Foster Thor is that they just called her Thor. And I'm like, but that's, you could have called her something else. I mean, you could have given her another name. But calling her Thor, I'm like, that's just not how it worked. Uh, but, you know. And, and, it, and it's, I agree. And, like, the thing is, is, like, Valkyrie. They didn't have to give her Valkyrie's name. There's no reason to kill Brunhild to give her Valkyrie's power. They could have just called her Jane Foster and it had been fine, you know, or, or give her a new title, you know. Yeah. Jane Foster. I don't know. Give her just, just give her a different name, but don't make her another character because it makes her illegitimate. It makes her right off the bat. You're just making the people that like the other character before her mad. If you want to give her powers, if you make her super, fine. But you don't have to make her Valkyrie. You don't have to make her Thor. Just make her Jane Foster's own thing, you know? But it's, I guess it's just not how it's done. It's, that, I think that's the problem with all. Th- think about it. Back in the day, you had all these characters like that were their own thing. Like even Secret Wars, at least you got Volcana and, or no, was it Voltana? See, I can't remember her uh, name. Volcana or and then, and Titania. But Titania, at least they were new characters, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't the best characters, but like at least they were their own new thing. And just do that. Just just come up with something new. And or if it's a, a pre-existing character that becomes powerful, just give it its own name. It's it and and just make it work. So uh there's, there's no bad characters. There's only bad artists and bad writers. Yeah, and I bad saying, I, just to just to kind of you know put my final like say on this one um, because it, we're not talking about about Jane Foster, but she'd already proven herself as a character when she yeah. was when she had Milner. So you you don't need to like give her a new like a new power set or a new background to say to prove that she's you know that she's worth you know, like reading about or being, we already know that we are know she's, she's worthy enough in one fashion or another. She's proven herself on, on a, on a, you know, skill level and a power level. You just, we just need to, you know, say, okay, now she's this now, kind of in the same way of uh, Carol Danvers. We don't have to give her this whole new thing. We say she went from being Ms. Marvel to being binary to being, um, uh, what was her name? Uh, War. Warbird. Yeah. Warbird. And then back to and then being Captain Marvel, but it's a different power set in a sense that comes from each of those that they're playing off of without really having to go back and just recreate her each time. Yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, so getting back to uh, to Secret Wars, one of the things that uh, I I briefly touched on before that I just got to talk about, and I know a lot of people have have uh, different things to talk to say about this. And it's funny because before we started the podcast today, I pulled up, you know, certain things I, if, if, if I'm, let's say if I, if I, if I go to Google and then like the little news comes up there, you know, it's all tailored based upon what I've said, I've liked or what I've looked up, you know, they're spying on me. They're reading my dreams. Um, talk about the dream police. Right. So it came with this thing in screen rant and which this is like the second or third time I've seen something from them like this, that I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm kind of really done with them. I'm going to put them in the same bucket as like BuzzFeed, um, which is, hey, remember that time Spider-Man beat up someone that was like, that was of like tremendous power. And I'm like, uh, I know what they're talking about. Please tell me you're talking about something else. Please tell me, click. Yeah. So fire, Spider-Man fought fire, like done. 
I'm done. And then I just like two sentences in and I just walked away. Cause I'm like, come on now. Everyone knows that was a BS fight. Everybody knows that. Like, why do you bring it up as if that was some kind of great achievement? Is like, no, maybe like saying like, or like, uh, was it Squirrel Girl beat up Galactus? I'm like, come on, you know that's not canon. No. You know, you no. and and not that not that they take taken this out of canon, but you know that, that was something that was put in there that probably shouldn't have happened. And it was also, I think, like on the verge of the whole Captain Universe thing, kind of like they always were like, remember the time Spider Man knocked the Hulk in outer space? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, Captain Universe knocked the Hulk in outer space, not Peter Parker. Let's 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 get things straight here. Um, or kind of kind of like when uh when during the Eric uh, Eric Larson's run on uh, on Spider Man, when Doc Ock beat up the Hulk. Remember in that whole Sinister Six big out of brawl like brouhaha. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and. Then Peter David wrote his own issue of like the Hulk, where he's like, "Yeah, you know, you got me in a position where I had no leverage and whatever, and, and I had a cold, and uh, and he's like, but yeah, in a real fight, no, you're not gonna be able to take me, you know, you little dumpy octopus man." He has four tentacles attached to his body, including his legs and arms. It would just be like Loki, right? In Avengers, you would just have to bashing back and forth a bunch of times like he's just a man at the end of the day to be honest like even spider-man is like it shouldn't be that difficult if you could just get to his head like you just you just knock him out right i mean he's not like super powerful right he should at least have a helmet (laughs) (laughs) you know i i I know i know it's 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 comic book and there's a whole suspension of disbelief and stuff right I, i i get all that but there, there has to be some, some elements need to be grounded enough. You can't just suspend everything in the air. Like, you know, it's, it, it's this kind of storybook juggling. At some point, you need to have at least one or two of the items in your hand and the others are in the air as you're tossing back and forth. You can't just throw everything up in the air because that's not an act. You know? And in this case, one of the things that I think they forget a lot with Dr. Octopus is that he can't be standing there and having his his tentacles, his tentacle arms, grabbing something like the Hulk and lifting up in the air. He doesn't have the mass for that. His tentacles can't support that. If he had two grounding him while the other two lifted it up, okay, perfectly fine. So you're not putting, because that distributing the weight is actually taking it off of him and putting it onto the tentacles. But you can't have him grabbing the Hulk by both arms and both legs, you know, one tentacle each, and him standing there going, ha, 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 like, I'm afraid not, Tubby Man. It's just not going to happen. And then, and then even if he did, the Hulk would just have to grab those tentacles and he could destroy them so easily. I mean, yeah. It, 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 yeah. yeah, so. <laughs> Whatever. It was the 90s. Everybody was high. They had lots of money. <laughs> so, but, so anyway, so going into all of Nothing that matters. takes me right back to Secret Wars. The point that I absolutely hate in this entire book is when Spider-Man beats the x-men single-handedly and so when i say the x-men i'm talking about storm storm with powers cyclops uh rogue colossus nightcrawler and wolverine and it would be it would be almost uh, impossible it would that would be almost impossible the only the only thing i can say in this in this like like one and a half page battle 
is that the only reason, only way that Spider-Man could have, could have possibly won, as this plays out, is because it was in a, it was in a, a tightly like, confined area. But by the way Zach draws it, it's not really that confined. So, uh, so first off, Spider-Man, like Wolverine goes to hit it, hit Spider-Man, and he misses. Okay, fine. You know, we already know how a Spider-Man Wolverine fight would actually work out because Christopher Priest did that in the Spider-Man Wolverine one shot. And yes, Spider-Man versus Wolverine is actually a pretty good fight because Spider-Man's going to get to the point where he's 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 gonna he's he's gonna be like, I'm gonna try to shut you down, but obviously I'm not gonna kill you. But Wolverine's like, Yeah, I like you, Spidey, but I got no problems killing you. You know, I got no problems really killing anybody because <laughs> I'm Wolverine. I mean, you see what I'm gonna do in like 60 years of the X-Men. Sorry, that's that's, that's <laughs> wrong. Too soon, too soon. No, <laughs> but so so him. So I have Wolverine, issues with that as well. But go ahead. So Wolverine misses Spider-Man. Okay, Spider-Man webs up Cyclops' uh, face, and he's like, "Oh no!" I'm like, "Okay, you can just rip that off." I mean, you really can. And then he webs up Rogue, and yeah, because Rogue, there's no because because I'll say this. <laughs> It's steel. He's got a steel-plated face. It's not like he's going to rip part of his face off by rip. I mean, it, as much strength as he had, he could use it on his face, and it's not going to mess up his face. Right. It's, and the thing is, even the part that's actually attached, like if, so, when Spider-Man's webs are not like the entire thing is sticky, it's the contact points at the end of the web that are sticky, which which you see whenever he shows him his, his web sticking to something. It's you know the web goes out, and it's those points at the end of each line that stick. Now the other parts are sticky too, but you know, that's the stuff that you see like sticks onto something. It's not normally the entire web. Plus when you see him, like I'm going to web a cable around somebody, that entire cable is not sticky. I mean, now get grant the physics of Spider-Man's like webbing changes, you know, depending on what they needed to do, but it's anyway, but right. You, he can rip it off. He's not going to rip off his face. He's just going to rip that off. Even if he has some, Piece still stuck to his face like toilet tissue, those are going to disintegrate in about an hour anyway. Webs up Rogue and Storm says, Rogue, break free. Surely his web can't hold you. And she says, I'm trying, but it's stronger than steel cable. Uh, we're talking about Rogue here, who took the powers of Ms. Marvel. She, I mean, we've seen Rogue in action. We know what she's capable of doing. We know her strength level. I, you know, She's on par with Colossus, who I believe is about an 80-ton guy. Yeah, no. And we've seen we've seen Spider-Man rip through his own webbing. We've seen we've seen pretty much somebody, everybody rip through Spider-Man's webbing. So yeah. Then he webs up Nightcrawler, who can't teleport out of the webbing, which I'm kind of okay what? with that. What? No, no, come on. I don't know. I kind of have issues with that. It seems like he could. Like, it seems like. Even if even if he had it on him, why couldn't he teleport? That doesn't make sense to me. Well, I think he would still he would teleport. still take some of the webbing with him because if it's stuck to him, if he were to teleport away, it would kind of like be like ripping off part of his fur or part of his costume that's stuck to. It'd be like it'd be like if someone threw paint on you and you teleported, you wouldn't be able to teleport uh, the the paint off of you, right? But he's an acrobat, paint. right? With where his legs at, like like webbed up too. I I didn't I don't I don't have a visual like. How webbed up was he? Was it just his arms? Like what? What was webbed up? His, he, he 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 like webbed his entire body. Okay, well then that's different. But in the next panel, though, he's free of the webbing, uh, and they don't say that <laughs> they don't say that Wolverine uh, freedom. Um, 
the storm tries to zap him with lightning bolts, which I'm like, Stormy, you trying to kill him? How how about a nice breeze to like blow him back your direction or or something? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call BS right there because like you know when you wrap up a package and you just cut the sides, but it's still like attached to other parts of the box, you know? Right. Just because you slice through it in three spots, the rest of it would still be around you to a certain degree. It wouldn't be that gone that fast, especially webbing, especially if you're trying not to like slice open your friend as you <laughs> cut off the just well, yeah if you just want to get technical about it well that, that's that's what i'm going back to like the physics of his webbing that like, change depending on what they want him to do because if you're going to say the whole yeah. thing is sticky then when he webs and goes <laughs> his twin he can never let go of the web yeah he would just have he would just have gloves and web hanging all over the city at least for an hour and i know i know we're going deep cuts it's kind of like the simpsons episode or like the itchy and scratchy show, it's like, excuse me, the when Itchy is playing his uh, scratchy's like a uh, rib cage, he clearly hits the same rib bone twice to make the same sound effect. Are we supposed to believe this is some sort of magic asylum? <laughs> uh, so, and so then um, Wolverine jumps to Spider Man from behind with his claws out. And and then Spider Man like just like backhand he 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 just he pimp slapped Wolverine. It's not his fist is not closed in this picture. He like just backhands <laughs> with the open hand, which is fine. But you are hitting his adamantium skull, which would probably like if it wouldn't break your hand, it, you would probably be like, "Ow, that kind of hurt, damn it!" You know. But okay. Yeah. And then after all this, then Cyclops kind of shows up and he tries to tries to zap him, and Spider Man gets away, and then Professor Xavier wipes his mind. I'm like. This whole scene is garbage. It is such garbage. <laughs> there is no way that Spider-Man could take on that the X-Men. I don't. I don't even think that Spider-Man could take on. It's especially not getting a hit. He could probably take on the New Mutants that exist at this time and maybe win, but he would get hit. He would take a couple of hits. But but, but, but there's too many powerhouses. Basically, Rogue, like you said, it's like a flying colossus, you know? It's like, it's, it, and then you've got the Nightcrawler, and then, like, well, yeah, it's just too many players. I mean, so they mind swipe him, basically. Like, they, they, they mind swipe him, like, uh, so he doesn't really, he, he wins, but he, he, he has a good showing, but he doesn't necessarily win because he doesn't have the protection. Right. From, when, from his mind, yeah. And when he goes to Web of Nightcrawler, no one Nightcrawler and the way the X-Men train all that kind of stuff, which of course the one thing we always people always forget is that Spider-Man doesn't train. You've never seen Spider-Man train. So it's kind of the same thing I always say about Superman is how you never see Superman even he's never taken any like any formal fighting like uh, training, boxing or you know karate, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai. You know, you've never seen him do that because he's like, I don't really have to. You know, which is why I'm not saying I'm not getting a whole spider that Batman can be Superman thing, but this is why Batman always has the upper hand because he does have some fighting training where Superman is just brute force. Same thing with the Hulk. Uh, I, I will give I give your guy Bendis um, some hell sometimes, but he he can write some stuff in his new Superman. I'll say this: the Rogal Czar, whatever his name is, the the new foe that he came up with, like supposedly killed um destroyed Krypton. Mm-hmm. Like um, the one thing about him that he did right, he trained constantly. Like he was always perpetually. He even lived on a planet to prepare himself for war constantly. So he never got untrained. 
he was right. so it made sense that he had a power skill set to go up against Superman because that's all he did. And right. I always I thought that was pretty cool. Well, it's kind of like Zod, like Zod versus Superman. Yeah. When Zod's on Earth, Zod's gonna have the upper hand because you're you're both the same as far as strength level and power set go, but he's got the training that you don't. Not only does he have the training of a of a soldier, but he's also got he's got fight training that you don't have. Yeah. Yep. So what I'm saying is that with that, when Spider-Man shot his webbing out, Nightcrawler would teleported away. He wouldn't have let the webbing go, oh, what's this shooting out of his hands? I think I'll stand there and get him and let it catch me. I'm like, uh, no, you don't want to do that ever, ever. Well, I'll say I'll say this. I don't have it in front of me. Maybe it was just the element of surprise. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, if it didn't last that long of a fight, like it, it they were just probably taken by surprise, and he didn't technically win. Like they would have eventually if that had gone one page longer he would have been you know toast right because you know what happens when lightning hits spiders no what happens the same thing that happens to everything else so so like that 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 i just uh, i that always always bugged me um and it's just uh, I I I just hated that, but um, like I said, some of the some of the stuff I think that I, that was kind of cool that came from this was um, you know when the when the X Men kind of do come back to kind of help out and uh, you know that's when we talked about the whole thing with uh, Colossus getting hurt and and all that good stuff well not good stuff but you know all that stuff happened you've got you've got a lot of uh, a lot of people like I said working together that you've never really seen work together before. There's a really cool scene where uh, where Wolverine cuts off the absorbing man's arm and he's in this uh, he's in this stone form and I think it's either stone or metal form and he's walking around with his arm. He doesn't know what's gonna happen when he turns back normal. And so he just he just like sticks his arm back on and then turns normal to see if that's gonna like magically like glue it back together. And it does. But apparently it hurts like <laughs> crap. <laughs> which, which is, uh, which is 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 kind of. I mean, it's it's already been set up before. Like when um, I think when Absorbing Man fought the Hulk and he absorbed the gamma radiation and his body just basically dissipated into amber radiation. He eventually brought himself back together again. Same thing we've seen with Sandman and Hydra Man, and when they mixed together, make Mud Man or whatever it was, and they had to separate themselves. And then so it's. Him being able to do that, you know, is, is kind gonna, of nothing new. I was going to say that's kind of like evil scientist in me, but like I was thinking, like you could do some stuff with that because me, like uh, I didn't read uh, the metal storyline from um, DC, but apparently there's going to be this new one called Heavy Metal, and there's this Superman character who's got like a dark side arm and he has Omega blast eye beams for some reason. I don't know what the story is behind that, but like, I was just picturing like, you could take like, you could take different characters and like put different arms and legs or head on Absorbing Man and create <laughs> <just like>, your <laughs> own. <laughs> That'd be kind of interesting. <laughs> you could do something with that. So he's like, ah, I'm not me anymore, Titania. Love me. <laughs> no, <laughs> get away from me. <laughs> Actually, I think, oh. I think Marvel actually sells like a toy like that where you can like, oh, you can make whatever hero you want. You can give them this and give them that. And like that looks like so stupid, but 
Yeah, it, it, it like my son had some like when he was younger. It's like you just can mix and match the the parts on the the yeah. the, the toys where they can make like Ghost Rider part of Spider Man or they, yeah, it is it is kind of freakish, but like I don't know, it's kind of interesting. So there's a pretty brutal fight scene in here where the Wrecking Crew plus Titania plus the Absorbing Man plus Doc Ock beat the snot out of She Hulk. Yeah. And and that's I mean that's pretty damn brutal, um, so and that that puts her out that puts her out of the fight for a while. I'm like, man, that's I don't think you you've, you've we've seen women heroes fight for a while, and uh, yeah, I say for a while, I man, we've seen them fight up to this point, you know, back and forth in comic books. So I don't think we've ever seen something that harsh uh, of a fight where it's just like, bam. Um, like, but you know what? I kind I kind of remember that. I don't remember 100%, but like uh I don't remember it too well, but like um I don't think you would get that nowadays. I don't think they'd allow you to see that nowadays. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting cuz this is almost this is like a precursor to what they do to um to Hercules and uh, Jarvis. Yeah. Cuz it was it was that was like 2 years later or something, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's and it's the same group. Well, the Titania and Absorbing Man and uh uh, Doc Ark are involved, but yeah, it's this the Wrecking Crew again. See, the Wrecking Crew—that's the thing that's cool about them. Is like I know you don't like them so much, but like they—they're just bullies, man. They're vicious. I mean, like if they—they—they they are like the guys you don't want to be in prison with. They will gang up on you, and you will not have. I, sometimes I, you'll fight, and sometimes you'll get away, but sometimes you won't. <laughs> I can't really think of any, so anybody I want to be in prison with. I just—I mean, no. Yeah, I just—I just can't. I mean. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe they're like you're like you know. Hey, it's like uh, who who would you? Who are the five people you would pick to be in prison with? Kind of like people are doing those those memes are like you know like what's your quarantine house? And then you have this one with this dog and this celebrity and then that kind of stuff. They're like yeah, but like you know hey what's 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 your prison cell look like? Like which celebrity? Which serial killer? And I'm like yeah, no, none of them, none of them. I'm gonna just keep my nose clean and uh, yeah. And see, and I was gonna be sarcastic. I was going to be sarcastic and like it kind of backfires on me because I'm kind of insulting myself. But then I was, I was going to say, I want to be part of a women's prison, but you think that sounds good, but it depends <laughs> on what women you're with. It could, I've heard they're much worse than the men's. And, and if you're the only, uh, I don't know how else to put this, uh, um, equipment available, it's not going to be pretty, my friend. And, <laughs> you're going to say, oh, I wish I they may not want your equipment around either. If it was a women's prison from like a 1980s B movie, oh, I'd be all about it. Those are great. They have like <laughs> makeup, their hair gets done, you know, they're all kind of hot. And most of them, you know, they've got a couple of them that, that are supposed to be in there, but most of them, they're just innocent. They just got kind of railroaded. Oh, yeah, I'm all about that. But a real women's prison? Nope. Nope. Not at all. Caged teeth. Caged teeth. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I I haven't clenched my spink my sphincter when I drive by one on the highway as a sign this is like you know like correctional facility like five miles you know I'm like no it's a long time to, to kind of be clenched. <laughs> See that over there? They call her Big Peggy. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's like why they call that? You don't want to know, kid. You don't want to know. <laughs> All right. So uh, anyway, I'll just say. 
Wow, such a weird place to take a break. But let's take a break <laughs> here. Uh, and then uh, we'll come back with a couple more points and then just kind of finish closing the book on Secret Wars. And then we get to move on to delightful Secret Wars 2. Oh, God. <laughs> all right all right all right uh yep let's say, take a break here be right back uh hey this is turk 182 and i've been asked by Kaz media to tell you about the new book they have coming out by devereaux barker devereaux barker has his first novel riot in sector 27b an almost true story of my life growing up in the Tarrington projects published at 817 Riot in Sector 27B tells Devereaux's real-life story from the age of 12 to 15, but is set 73 years in the future. He won the Epoch Award for Best New Science Fiction Writer in 2017, and now he's back with his second book, Electric Life Eternal, a fictional tale set in a world that comes dangerously close to being our own. In it, Enforcement Prosecutor Torrent Tory Jenkins' new case is one he can't close, and he can't give away either. Camilla Isaac, a 33-year-old warehouse account manager from Ohio, has been arrested for a series of gruesome murders where the victims were skinned alive and electrocuted. Seven women and 11 men butchered in the name of God, Genos. The evidence linking Camilla to the murders is irrefutable, but Tori knows something about Camilla that no one else at the department does. He knows the origin and secret truth of the two metallic looking tattoos on the insides of each of her wrists. Tattoos just like the ones he has. Symbols of the members of the Electric Life Eternal cult. The Electric Life Eternal believe the human body is a hollow vessel, and eternal life lies in the digital realm. With their minds and bodies wired to microdrives, the members of the ELE can transfer their consciousness to one another. In order to save Camilla's life and find the real killer, Tori has to expose a seemingly benign cult and show the world who they really are. But to do so means he has to expose himself and his past. Electric Life Eternal, the new book by Devereaux Barker, published by Kaz Media. All right, so we're back. Um... There's one scene in here I really like, and in, uh, in, it's always been one of my favorites, because I'm a Hawkeye fan, and, uh, and I was even a Hawkeye fan when I already when I read this, and I always dug it, but it's Hawkeye, and he's shooting arrows at, uh, I believe it's Piledriver, and, um, and there's a line in here where uh, he says something like, uh, slugs from a 38 just bounce off my super strong hide. There's nothing your arrows can do. And so Hawkeye shoots at him, and... Uh, and uh, Hawkeye says something. I'm trying to find it in here. Um, oh, Hawkeye says he goes uh, um, at from this range. Uh, my my bows uh, from this range. An arrow hits a lot harder than a bullet. And he keeps advancing him. He shoots him in the shoulder, and he's and it goes in. And he's like, oh, I'm wounded. And he just walks off like in shock that he got that the arrow actually penetrated his uh, his skin, which I always thought was kind of funny. I thought you were going to say he was be like, you know, we're on a planet in the middle of nowhere that's built out of other planets. Nothing makes sense here. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a bow and arrow. <laughs> I got a bow and arrow. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to tell you right now, step out that door, you are an Avenger. I don't want to be an Avenger. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Wrong speech. <laughs> uh, so are we going on? Uh, you got one more? You want to do Secret Wars two now? Uh, in a minute, and then we, we've got this other scene here. Where I guess they set up with like Spider Man, like beating up the X Men, where Spider Man takes out Titania, uh, Titania like all by himself. Which, wow. Okay, they they're really giving like a lot of Spider Man love in this. Uh, Shooter was like like a Spider Man apologist or something. Because even I'll say like I I, I could see it because the agility and stuff. 
and he's really strong, but Titania's I don't know, I'd have to look up her powers. I mean, wouldn't you say just just off the top of your head she could lift more than him? Oh, oh yeah, most definitely. Titania is like yeah. in, in close close to like a Hulk Thor range. Yeah, see that's what I'm thinking. All right, so listen to this. I love this because this goes back to like how bad of a liar Reed Richards is. So he's he's repairing Iron Man's suit, and James Rhodes is in Iron Man's is in the suit at the time. And this is one of the things I hated about about Rhodes's Iron Man was that it always like is like I'm a black man in Iron Man's suit. I'm a black man in Iron Man. So I'm like ah, nobody really cares. Just just so you know, nobody really cares. But yeah, he says I'm curious. Were you surprised there was a black man under the metal? And Reed Richards goes, no, I never gave it a thought. I knew there was a man under there. I'm like, you lying monkey fighter. You know that Tony Stark is Iron Man. So I know you were curious as to who was the new Iron Man. And when he's saying stuff like, yo, homie, I'm Iron Man, you're like, I think that guy might be black. You know, <laughs> This is way before Eminem. You know, you know what it was like, Tony Stark, he was drunk. He parked his suit on the side of the road. And then a black guy got in it. <laughs> no way <laughs> it was the 80s so that could have been possible yeah the guy was walking down the street he was like yo check out this funky suit yo like, yo, like he comes that. like 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 uh like tony comes back and all he sees is one of those little little circular disc off the belt like on the side of the street <laughs> i know i just parked here i know i did there's, there's, like, there's like one boot, and like his like his actual physical boot, and stuck in like a car boot, and the rest of the suit is gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, the visual cracking me up. I just, I just, see, I see a boot with like a like it's got one of those car like you know the things they put on the cars for the wheels, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the whole the rest of the car is gone. <laughs> I love, oh. I love to see Tony get out of the suit of armor leaving on the side of the road like he did in Iron Man 3 but then he pulls out his little key fob and goes chip chip <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh. so um, see that and here's the thing I know you, you I like Rhodey though like like uh, just just for the fact that like uh, like uh, I think I said in the last one like um, he was by Iron Man like that's the way Iron Man started off I'd I mean, I knew about Tony Stark, but like, uh, he was a drunk, you know. Was like, he was a whiny little like punk. Like, I he was unlikable. Like, and when Rhodes was the Iron Man, I didn't really notice him complaining about um, being the black guy so much. Maybe he just did it more in Secret Wars. But um, I always thought he did a good job. I always kind of liked him. Like, I kind of like him. He was complaining he was the black guy. He's like, oh, we're yeah. black in the suit. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I just always thought it was good. I always liked him. I, I guess I wasn't really feeling Luke McDonald's work at the time. And, no, I think he's, he's not the best artist. I mean, that that's the thing. The art in that run, I looked through it not too long ago. Even that cover to one seventy, I was talking about. Like, it's not the best in the world, but for whatever reason, it worked. You know, I was I was younger too, so. Yeah, I mean, and and I was so used to like the the. Uh, the Leighton Romita run and, and that Iron Man that I think I was just kind of, you know, at the time I was younger, so I was just caught up in my own head about, you know, what was, what I, what I deemed being good. And uh, so. Oh yeah. The, the art is not as good. I admit it, but it's just like, 
you know, just certain issues are iconic just because they're older. You know, they've just been around so long. They just kind of get embedded in your head. Well, I, I don't think for, for, I mean, when I say what's good, obviously at the time I was looking more at the art, but I don't even think it was really so much that it was just me just being like, Oh, I don't, I don't really feel this for, you know, whatever reason here or there. But ironically, because I've always been like this, um, I have a fanboy shirt on right now. It's Iron Man 126. Like, uh, it's it's the Bob Layton, John Romita Jr. cover. Which one is that? It's the one where he's standing. Um, it's the most, it's probably one of the most iconic where he's standing there with the armor. And on the side, it's the little parts where he's putting on the armor. Like, oh, he's putting yeah. on the, yeah, he's putting on the, the gloves. Then he's got the, the arm on, and then he's putting the on boots, and then he's standing there. That is a good one, but yeah, I, I think, I think that pretty much wraps everything up with as far as Secret Wars goes. Yeah. It's um, yeah. like I said, the, the other things that came from it was you know we we kind of touched on a lot of that already, um, but you have um, I think after there was it was an experience that stuck with everyone, and they uh, and I think it, it kind of it kind of helped solidify I think the Marvel universe in a way that hadn't been done before because you had these people kind of working together, learning a little bit about each other. And I think it also kind of helped with what we got later was like um, the, uh, was it acts of vengeance where these, these villains came together because, you know, they'd never really done that before, but this was the first time they kind of had really kind of gotten into each other's space. And they were like, Hey, you know what, why don't we, why don't we kind of do this some more? <clears throat> Mutant and hero living together. Mass like hysteria. the kid involved, <laughs> yeah, man, hysteria. Uh, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Secret Wars two, two, where <laughs> we get the Beyonder who's crocket and tubs, like Jerry Curl wearing every amalgamation of everything horrible about that time period version, which kind of makes. I'll say this: if they if they were self aware enough to know that that's like an outside alien force would look at the pop culture of the time. It probably does make sense that he would misconstrue. It's kind of like somebody that's searching for identity. Now they'll watch the things on TV and they'll do all the things that they think that makes them whatever they think they should be. Cause they're just empty inside and they don't have a soul and they're, they're just looking for something to be. How? And it's like, I can, I, I could see how like maybe a beyonder would come up with that, but it, but I don't think they were that self-aware. I think they just thought, that it looked cool and it didn't. It was horrible. It was so first. First, he's, first he's got the like the white Michael Jackson like outfit on. Um, yeah, and then he goes into like the the weird like power suit with the huge like shoulder things um, that didn't really like. Uh, it was, uh, you know, I I have grown to appreciate Al Milgram more as I've gotten older as uh, as an artist goes, but at the time. I really wasn't feeling his work in, in anything he did. I just, I just was not. Uh, again, I wasn't, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't the same kind of reader then that I am now. What but, about Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man? His stuff on that was better. I'll give him that. Like the cloak and dagger stuff. Yeah, I, I will say that that was good. Yeah. Um, but I think that the Secret Wars two kind of starts off with a like a misdirection because you've got that john byrne cover so for you and i we see that john byrne cover and we're like all right i grabbed the book i don't think twice about it i grabbed the book and it's not john byrne <laughs> it's john byrne cover that's a big difference that seems like a, 
that seems like the case with a lot of books where you buy it and it's like that's not John Byrne after you turn the cover. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's not John Byrne. That's not John Byrne. And it's crap. <laughs> it's hard to look at Byrne stuff and then like uh then open it up to anybody almost but at the at, at that time, you know. Yep. Now I'll definitely yeah, agree. He's competent, like, but it's it, the whole I, I'll just say this Secret Wars 2 is kind of a mess. I've never read it completely all the way through. I know about it. I got I read more of the tie-in issues to it than I did just because I was reading the run on a particular book and then like he being Daredevil, you know, it's like, okay. So but but overall wasn't a big fan of Secret Wars 2. It was just it was just it was just there. Yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about Secret Wars 2 to be honest. Um because <clears throat> I don't think that it uh, that it, it had the same kind of long lasting effects as the as the Secret Wars itself. Uh, the first one, it just it just kind of is. And there's a um, there's Secret a, uh, Secret Wars was like Secret Wars was like World War Two, and like Secret Wars Two was more like Korea. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like it happened, but people don't think about it as much as like you know. Vietnam or, or World War II. All right. And with that, let's go ahead and call this uh, the end of part two. And we'll be back with part three and we'll just go ahead and wrap it all up, finish up Secret Wars 2 and uh, end it on a nice solid note of Secret Wars 3, Jonathan Pickman's run. So thank you all very much and we will see you back for the conclusion with part three. <laughs>